everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Travis, that guy over there, and Sonny Albuquerque. That's Alex. Alex, how's it going? Ah, you nearly leaned into it like some sort of Harry Carey for a second there. Like, and that guy over there is the... the it's Alex over there. They have another beach twin aged Budweiser there it is. while you're in I haven't heard Harry in a while. Good to have him back on this show. That's good. Now, I never Damn. know how to bring these in. Some I I've done it so many times I get kind of bored with the regular like whatever that I start hamming it up. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna be a game show host at some point just with the amount Aha. of hamminess I'm throwing at this. You're a regular Gene Rayburn over here. We need to get you one of those pencil microphones that Ooh. are uh, not phallic in any way whatsoever. Nope. Not putting that all the way down my throat when no one's looking, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? 2005 came and gone. Now we've moved on to 2006. Uh, what was life like for you? 2006. Um, it was better than 2005. Uh, I had, uh, yeah, my personal life was okay at this point. It was, it was better than it's been the previous two years. But, um, I remember this was the year I really got into college basketball and we'll, we'll get into that. But, um, uh, around this time, uh, I, I'll, I'll say this, uh, it was around this time when gaming just got to be like too much to keep up with in real time. Because we not only was there 360 and PC and DS, and now we got the PSP, we got the Wii, we got the PS3. It was just I, I was just like, you know what? I want like other hobbies too. <laughs> right, right. I can't dedicate like a hundred percent of my free time to gaming, so I'm just gonna kind of pick and choose what I want to do. And what I wanted to do around this time in my life was Super Nintendo, PC, and Game Boy Advance. That was pretty much it. Um, I will say, because of where I worked, I, w I had regular access to a demo station for uh, uh, 360 and for uh, DS, so I was able to play a lot of stuff from that, just like going to break on work and going down all the way to the main floor and just playing stuff oh, that's for cool. you know, tw 20 minutes at a time. It was pretty nice, yeah. Oh, um, awesome. And not only that, but we also had a Nintendo Wii in our break room uh, connected to a big projection tv so we would have uh bowling tournaments uh we oh, sports bowling tournaments yeah and i gotta once we get to that i'll i'll, I'll tell you some stories there because it's it's pretty ridiculous but um uh yeah we, uh we mostly just played we sports and guitar hero for the most part guitar hero 3 i think uh that came out next year but but yeah i i had plenty of access to video games at that point but i was just Oh, so it felt it started to feel oversaturated. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of as a result of that, I just leaned back into what I really liked, which is Super Nintendo uh, import game, 16 bit import games, uh, translated games that people were working on, like weird stuff I'd never heard of. Uh, MAME was starting to become a thing around this time. So I was really getting into arcade games uh, that I had no idea existed. So I started to push, like, really lean hard into that, for sure. Um, nice. What about you? What was going well, on was with you? Well, I was going to ask, you said your your personal life was much better in 06. Like, I was curious what you would share that, that had improved. What, why was it, it was like, a different job? You lived in a different place? Like, what was... 
Oh God, I don't even know where to start with that because it's just <laughs> it's just one of those like bad relationships. Oh, I see. Bad yeah, bad yeah. stuff. I, I'm involved with bad people that I don't really want to hang out with, but I don't people really that like to. Sega, I guess. <laughs> no, <laughs> not Dan, Dan. Dan from Console Wars was not in my life <laughs> yet, but uh, your friends were into Sega and Nickelback, and it was just it was a dark time. <laughs> you didn't want to be around those folks. Ugh, the worst. But um. And not, not like those TG16 guys. Those, oh, those, mm. those guys are cool. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's just it's just dumb stuff. Like I have a whole rant about that. That's probably not conducive to anything uh, that's that's good for content in terms of the <laughs> podcast realm. So I'm Patreon just only. I guess, I guess, but <laughs> no, it's just one of those things where it's just I really needed to get over myself and. Uh, learn to become a better adult uh, because I didn't really know what to do after after getting out of uh, tech school. So and I was just kind of flailing and adrift. And now I was starting to find like my lane, so to speak, and, around this time. So, th- so things yeah, are you're starting like, what, to improve. Twenty three or so, right here. Twenty three, twenty four. I'm twenty four in two thousand six. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, I think that's a rough age for a lot of people. It's about it's a transition period for a lot of folks. Yeah, I mean, any age between eighteen and twenty five. I mean, it's like, yeah, t- teenagers complain about how hard they have it, but you don't really know until you're in that eighteen to twenty five window where it's like really make or break it. <laughs> you have no idea. Um, yeah, two thousand and six for me, man. I was going to say like I don't know how interesting my personal tales will be for. 2006 through like 2010 because for me all of those years run together uh i was just living in different places in blacksburg going to through various forms of schooling and getting dumped by several different (laughs) women like it just it was just a mishmash of just heartache and strife and eating a lot of ramen so i don't really have like a thing i can point to to be like hey in 06 this cool thing happened i don't think anything cool happened uh, but a lot of things did happen. But gaming-wise, I mean, I was still living with dudes, and we were still playing a lot of sports games, so I was pretty uninteresting oh. to most people that listen to this. Oh, yeah. I should mention that I did still have a PS2. I did still play the hell out of Madden and MVP Baseball and mm-hmm. Tiger Woods Golf and all that. I kept I kept up with the sports games as much as I could. But as far as like getting the new system and getting a launch title or keeping up with that it was just too much at that point so i'm just like yeah. well you know what i have a ps2 and i'm really enjoying finding more import games for super nintendo so i'm just going to lean into that but yeah i hear what you're saying like you have to like <laughs> this was around the time when uh franchise modes really started to get fun oh because yeah dude th- there were like, drafts there were like you can sim like minor league systems and baseball games and stuff like that it was really cool like a lot of fun yeah the number of hours i would put in just to the recruiting systems on a lot of those college games <laughs> just dumb yeah yeah that's what that's me with uh, the minor league system in mvp baseball or it's i would sim a few games and then i'm like i wonder if this team is actually good to play as and then i'd spend the next hour playing games as my single a <laughs> baseball right? team and yeah. it's and it's like oh i like the, i like this johnson guy i want to make sure to up his stats and then you play all the mini games to up his stats and stuff like that and it's like before you know it it's like 2 a.m <laughs> right and, yeah yeah for me there was a lot of like 
it got to a point where playing the the season felt like work so i could get back to recruiting again right yeah that, that was the curse was what of those was, games yeah it was rewarding to see like what reap the you know your rewards of your hard efforts es- with these fresh recruits especially with madden uh that was really frustrating to play at the during this time because the franchise mode like drafts and signing free agents and doing all that it was it was done so well in those games around this time i think 06 had mcnab on the cover Seems um, right. And uh, I think 07 had Favre. But uh, yeah, th- those games, um, it got boring playing, just playing the games. But what was frustrating is that if you tried to sim your season, your team would suck. Every time. So they it's like, me. I, yeah, I have to play through these games. So you put it on five minute quarters, but then your stats aren't as good. So you're not winning MVP or anything. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. And yeah, that was my life in 2006. <laughs> 2006 was also the year that the Grand Piano released. I'm sorry, the PS3 released <laughs> uh, the size of a Grand Piano. The, the old Steinway. Yeah, it looked like a, it literally looked like an homage to Dell Earnhardt's car. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, is that a good wrench number three? I think that that's, that's when I realized, I think that's when I realized like, Oh, they're, they're basically just trying to make a commercial grade, completely proprietary, uh, desktop PC that plugs into your TV. That's all it is. So it's, and it's like, yeah, the main thing is to play games, but it's also a blue, Blu-ray player which yeah. was a huge deal back then especially for uh the my circle of friends at the time that they, they, they were gaga over that because now they can watch you know Blade Runner and Terminator 2 and Blu-ray which was a big step up from the normal uh you know uh DVDs at the time yeah that was the was I, I don't remember what they called it was it the HD wars or whatever where yeah, Blu-ray eventually I, I became it was the standard a, right HD DVD and Blu-ray and each had their strengths. Blu-ray won, probably because Sony had more money. Or and whatever. it sounds cooler, let's be know. honest. If you say, hey, do you have that on HD, DVD, Like, it's hard. You can't. Blu-ray just kind of falls out of your head. Yeah, Blu-ray does sound more futuristic. And it does kind of sound like... Like he, it'd be like a Cisco song, like Cisco featuring Blu-ray or something like that. That's <laughs> sounds like he'd be like a rap dude from the early two thousands. But yeah, yep, pretty much. And then, uh, I mean, I remember getting a PS3. I think it was in two thousand six. I think I got one pretty early. I remember being super stoked, and I made my own money at this time. I worked at, I think Target still, which is probably why I got it because I was I got to see so many of them just come in and fly off the shelf. I was like, I kind of want one of these. And uh, I remember, like, again, I had my own money, my own income, but I still called my mom to talk it over. I was like, Mom, there's something I want to buy. And she was very, (laughs) you know, conscientious about my money. Like, can you pay your rent? You know, are you paying your car insurance and all these other stuff? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, well, you should just get it. I was like, I actually called you to talk me out of it. She's like, I want to get it. I was like, Mom, I can't believe you're making me get this PlayStation 3. So what did you regret it? Like, what was the feeling of purchasing it at the time of purchase? Well, I had to get it along because up until then... Uh, the TV that I had sucked, and I thought, well, in order to take advantage of this crisp new PS3 goodness, the 720p, you know, amazingness, I'm going to have to upgrade TVs. But at the time, you know, like a 40-inch TV cost a ton of money. <laughs> it yes, wasn't like it now did. where like you just see them on the side of the road. So I settled because I was still in a small 
I lived in a townhouse with other dudes. It was basically a dorm. It was such a small room that still like a 20 to 25 inch TV was like a good size. So I splurged on one of those too. So I got the double investment there with the TV and the PS3. One of the games I did get that you have on the list, uh, Resistance Fall of Man, picked that up, loved it. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. And I picked up the newest uh, baseball game that came out that year. And I remember you could pl- you could play the position of the players. I don't know if it was the first year you could do that, but you could like play in the outfield. I and remember I fucking, that. Yeah. I was fucking awful at it. It was so frustrating. <laughs> like every, I missed every fly ball. Could not I was going to say, I don't remember anybody like saying they enjoyed that and anybody saying that they were any good at it. It was just like, oh, I guess that's cool. But, it was uh, novel. It was cool yeah. to be on the field, but you had to like. I mean, you still you can still do those modes now, but like if you play as like a, a third baseman <laughs> and you're playing the game, like it just kind of skips around to like when you get some action. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to be the third baseman when someone like Gary Sheffield is up at the plate, like that right? right-handed quick wrist, like just hitting a 110 mile an hour screaming line drive right at your face, like. That then that would be cool, but otherwise, if you're just sitting there while the pitcher bats for like the Pittsburgh Pirates <laughs> or something, you're just like, all right, exactly. well, this is this is pretty damn boring. But but yeah, I do remember that. That's that's something I completely forgot about. And yeah, thank you for reminding me of that. That's something <laughs> that should never happen again. Uh, but some of the other games on this list, like that we have here, Ridge Racer Seven. I've never played a Ridge Racer. I should get into that. Oh, there's a guy in my Discord, uh, Lewis, who loves anything and everything uh, involved with Ridge Racer. So, oh, nice. What, yeah, he's he's like the expert. Uh, he says R four is that's probably the best. his his favorite. Yeah, he he loves that one. So, but but I do remember seeing this game uh, and thinking it looked really cool. I don't remember playing it to be honest with you. The PS two was still going at this point as well. And we're getting to that like late era PS2 where they're still cranking out games, but it's only the the upper echelon mm-hmm. developers that are still making stuff for it because it's been in development for so long. Like Final Fantasy XII, for example. Yeah. So, and that was actually... Uh, I never finished it, but I did spend some time with it. And I didn't hate it. I, I, I remember everybody just kind of being a sourpuss about it. Like just... Yeah, it's not as good as this one. It's not as good as this one. I was just like, I think this is a perfectly okay RPG. Like, I, I think it's fine. I don't remember anything about it today, but uh, I do remember playing it uh, after it came out, getting it used from GameStop and putting a couple weeks into it before I just, you know, what happens with RPGs where you, you go like, not even a week without playing it. And then you, you start to feel like, Oh, well, if I'm going to play it again, if I'm going to go back to it, I need to start over. Cause I don't remember the details <laughs> that yeah. happens to me all the time. And it happened to me with that game. So I just never finished it. And I just ended ah. up doing, giving it to somebody else. Bummer. Well, it was a big year for new consoles because that was when, uh, the big old Wii dropped, Dropped yes. us with that Wii, and boy, I mean, all the grandparents were getting stoked. Back in the game, they said, I mean, we're going right. to get up and move around. Slap that Wii on the table, and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what happened. And uh, the old people sure did love them some Wii sports. Um, they did. I'm not going to lie. If I see, if I'm at, like, I don't know what, how or why this would happen, but in 2006, this, this definitely would happen. If you went to, like, a wedding reception... There's a chance you might see like a big like projector screen with with a Nintendo Wii and you get to play Wii Sports. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, it was center of all the parties I went to. Yeah, like I've been to a bunch of places that that have done that, like uh, work related things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, wedding receptions. But yeah, and I really like Wii Sports. I love uh, bowling was my jam. I, I have bowled multiple uh, perfect games. Not that Ooh. that's anything to brag about. Hey, look at this fucking guy. Hey. Once once you get that motion down and you're able to repeat it every like you know however many times in a row it's it's pretty easy but the one that pisses me off the most is is we tennis the the doubles mm. when you start just flailing around and the ball like it, like the game stops making sense and the ball just goes <laughs> like just ping-ponging back in 100 directions in 2 seconds and yeah I, i'm not a fan of that one but we bowling Bring it on. Love Wii Bowling. Did you ever have a, uh, a Wiimote incident where, where one flew flew out into the TV or into the into the crowd? No, that never happened. Never. But I remember like that being... I mean, that's why the wrist straps are there. I remember all of the, the horror stories of people launching their Wiimotes through TVs, bowling too vigorously. <laughs> and now we see that with VR where people just forget their own leash and run <laughs> through their wall or something. Yeah. I think the, those are a lot funnier. Uh, yeah. than, than the Wii incidents, but uh, no, I never had any issue with it. But uh, do you have any Wii sports memories at all? I mean, other than just hanging out with people that I didn't know just because they had Wii sports, people would invite you over and they'd be like, you want to come over? And like, no, not really. Like, well, we were thinking about like maybe hooking up the Wii and playing a little Wii sports. It's like, oh, what time? Yeah, I could probably <laughs> swing that. Like it was such a big draw, and I don't even think they were that expensive, and they were like extremely common. But when they first came out, everybody just kind of wanted to try it. You wanted to see what the hubbub was, and it kind of delivered. Like for the time, everyone was like, I remember like we like playing Wii Sports around a bunch of people, and everyone being like, "This is actually pretty fucking rad." Like it seems yeah. corny. All the commercials yeah. are corny. Everything about it's corny. It's like, damn, dude, uh, what time is it? Four a.m. We should probably get to bed. This is fucking great. I mean, just uh, I, it was a huge hit from like almost day one. Uh, just to give you an example, my parents own a Wii. I, I still don't know why <laughs> they they bought one in like two thousand eight, I think, or something like that, just because they thought it would be be fun. And I think my mom liked the the whole Wii Fit gimmick. Uh, yeah. She she bought the scale and she liked all the stretches and stuff like that. But um, and even then, like uh, my nephew when he was real real little at the time. That was the thing that he would bug me to do with him. Is like we need to play that like sword fighting game where you knock each other off the the ledge. Oh uh, yeah, it, like the American Gladiator kind of thing. He loved that, and I yeah. must. I don't. I can't tell you how many battles uh, <laughs> I, I, I played against him, and he loved the tennis one, which which drove me crazy because he would just like swing as hard as he could and <laughs> just cre- create chaos. But yeah, I have really good memories of the weed, most, mostly because of my nephew and <laughs> the break room of my work and having a bowling tournament and uh, and losing, but uh, that was Oh, that you was lost? You d- no perfect game for you that day? Huh? No. Uh, there was this dude who was basically like the Jason, Ver- or, uh, Jason, Justin Verlander of Wii Bowlers. Like, <laughs> he was like the Jason Voorhees of Wii Bowlers. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, dude. Fucking just he out there slaying well people. I'll never forget this. He was a dude from Geeks. Uh, okay, I'm going to give away where I worked. It was at Best Buy Corporate Office. And this dude from Geek Squad, uh, his name was Seng. And this dude was just ice cold like he was just like <laughs> boom 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 no emotion like 
every time and people were going nuts in the break room to the point that like our bosses were getting really irritated but we didn't care because we were having fun <laughs> but sang was just like slaying people just like one after another after another i think he had two perfect games and yeah i made it to the semifinals, uh and he beat me and i just didn't have a prayer i think i bowled like a uh, ended up being like 255 or something like that and he got yeah. a way like two at least 290 or something but that was good times good times did he did he drop that like what is that was that guy say like who do you think i am you are or whatever what does that guy say <laughs> i don't think that had happened yet i think that happened in like 2010 or 2011 but right right maybe maybe That's maybe true. that guy ripped it off from uh we bowling who do you think you are i am <laughs> i still don't know what it means but one i love of the all time great taunts that so good no sense uh well there was a Zelda that came out with the Wii. It straddled the Wii and the GameCube, uh, Twilight Princess. I actually only played it on the GameCube, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. I wasn't, I didn't have my ear to the ground for like, yeah, you know how people felt about games. Yeah, and it wasn't until I did that I learned that it was not everyone's favorite. Yeah, but when I saw that, I, knew, I was still like the guy that just played sports games and Zelda games. That was it. And I was like, <laughs> damn, dude, this fucking game rules, man. It'd be like a wolf for a minute. Like it's great. It's kind of dark a little bit. Unlike, you know, a lot of the sunny Zeldas that we've had, I felt like it was kind of cool in that way. Yeah. And then years later, I talked to people, and they are like, uh, it's like my least favorite Zelda, mm. but the boss the boss fights are okay. Like, the boss fights do rule. I like that I like that voice you did. It's it's not the nerd voice. It's the <laughs> I complain about everything voice, where it's like, yeah. it's just Nothing's good enough for me. My tastes are exquisite. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm sure you. Yeah, it seems like you love the hobby. That needs to. I need to have a conversation with that person with this voice. I think. <laughs> think we need to go have a little back and forth here because I think you're missing some of the in, inherent qualities available in Twilight Princess. <laughs> uh, it's true. I think a lot of people are man. I think it's. I think it was a decent time. Now, Grant, I didn't play it on the Wii. So I don't know if like it's yeah. frustrating with the Wiimote. I'm sure it is. A lot of things are. <laughs> I do remember hearing about that, and I do remember. Um, here's another thing about 2006. I had a subscription to Game Informer, based out of Minnesota, Minnesota represent Minneapolis. I remember uh, that getting kind of an okayish review, like not as high of a review as you would think for a Zelda game and mm -hmm. they said the reason was because uh it felt like a knee-jerk reaction to Wind Waker like it was right. too much of a whiplash in the other direction where it's like okay everybody wants a quote-unquote traditional Zelda well here it is and it's it's a little too like basic I guess is what they said and I don't know I I, I can't remember I mean, like they do some interesting things fair. with yeah that that was I remember that was either Game Informer or EGM or one of those magazines. I'm almost positive it was Game Informer, but that was the consensus consensus that I remember. I didn't really play it much at all because I was <laughs> in the middle of uh, playing freaking Secret of Mana two or something. I don't know, but word. And then Trauma Center Second Opinion. I actually just played this game a couple years ago, and boy, is it tedious and hard. I love it. I think it's, it's a great. It's, Games, yeah, it's, but damn. it's extremely tedious, but it was extremely novel at the time mm -hmm. because I remember laughing my ass off playing that game because you're putting people's stomachs into their throats, you're putting their hearts into their <laughs> bowels, like you're, you're doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Like it's one of those games where it's like, okay, you want me to play a certain way, but what I want to do is just screw around. And I thought that was 
a great time. <laughs> yes. So. I mean, just a lot of the stuff that it made you do with high precision was crazy. But then when you wanted to stitch someone up, you just zigzag all over them. It's like, okay. I just <laughs> yeah, did a like heart transplant with the most like meticulous and tedious, precise control that the Nintendo Wii is capable of. But I'm just going to stitch someone up like fucking Lottie Dye. Yeah, like you're... Uh, you're uh, uh, using your watch and golden eye to burn through that d- trap door in the train. It's like, yeah, same thing as stitching somebody up. Pretty much. I have no memories of the Xbox 360. Like, they, Xbox was new on the block to me still, so they got shoved to the side, essentially. Uh, mm. I did, well, That's I a did, shame. That Gears of War is pretty good. I know, I know. And and Xbox Live Arcade was, was awesome, too. I did... Know somebody I worked with at the time that had that, and that was really awesome. But otherwise, totally off the radar. So take it from here, Trav. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, Gears of War. Everybody remembers the commercial, right, with the song, with Mad World. Um, yeah, yeah, that was everybody. I can tell by the tone of your voice, you loved it. And uh, <laughs> I've never liked that song, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that was eye catching because it was like this high octane shooter with you know kind of. Made you kind of feel like was this Doom kind of? There's gore and yeah. all these hefty, muscly dudes. Like it kind of is in that ilk. And uh, but Mad World's of the contrast of the advertising. Sure. Well, I, I was curious. I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, that brings up another memory of 2006, and that's I think this is around when commercials mm. really started becoming a thing. Not just commercials on like saturday morning cartoons or on nickelodeon or cartoon network or whatever it was like cartoon it was a uh, c- commercials during like football games and stuff you you would see the gears of war commercial you would see like gta vice city or you know whatever like just some 360 or ps3 game i i'm pretty sure there was a resistance fall of man commercial like a yeah. war when we were kids we were used to seeing those cheesy ass commercials from the 80s and 90s where it's like mom won't let me rent this game (laughs) oh now a demo comes in a box of cereal or something like that i don't know i don't know what that voice actually nailed it i think i think that's at least four or five nes commercials i've had on my channel (laughs) it's perfect totally radical but um yeah it's it's a long it's a far cry from that like they were being advertised almost like they're like movies or something so yeah, was, you're right. I think this is like an era, and I'm talking out my ass, it could have happened a couple of years before, but this feels like video game has transitioned to be a lot more mainstream at this point. Yes, very like much very, so. I mean, and the, I'm going to say the Wii probably helped that a ton. The Wii did. Uh, the Call of Duty series did. I think Call of Duty 3 came out in 2006, so we're like... I think four is when modern warfare started, and that's when mm-hmm. that got really popular, so we're on the precipice of all that stuff, so yeah. Yeah, right on. And so, you know, Gears of War is a, a big uh, series for me and my pals. Now, I didn't, I didn't play much of it in 2006. We had it in the house. I think I think we, we messed around with it. But I didn't really fully enjoy it until uh, I got to go to my buddy's uh, house for that big party we call Video Get, and we would split up into two rooms and do red versus blue. So it'd be 4v4 in the same house. And that was Love when it. I was like, oh, this is fucking fun as shit. Love it, yeah. And uh, not to mention, I, I got to sh- shout, we have a, a nice, funny Gears of War series for you on Tales of the Lesser Medium. I was going to bring that up. It is yeah. very funny, yes. Uh, the voices that are done in that one are very funny, yes. I, I get to do my uh, Marcus Phoenix the whole time, and uh, it's pretty It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, 
I didn't play the the other three you listed here, but they are their mainstays. I don't know if Dead Rising that might have been cross platform. Saints Row might have been. I don't remember. Sonic 06 also came out. Saints Row was definitely on PC, but it can't. All these games came out on 360 first. Gotcha. Uh, okay. I, I couldn't find a whole lot of other stuff uh, that was exclusive that I, I rang a bell with me. But Dead Rising definitely did, and Saints Row definitely did. And Saints Row is still going today. Hopefully, they're going to make another one. Yeah. I remember Dead Rising was fun just because it was, I mean, the zombie, this is like the big zombie era. I don't know if, like, this is the peak of zombies or whatever, but, like, this is when <laughs> almost every other game had a zombie in it. But in this one, it was, it towed the line of being zany and serious mm-hmm. where you yeah. could like you you felt like real fear the zombies looked real they were coming at you, you were in like real settings but you could also just like smash one with the crt tv or something silly like that so <laughs> i really like the vibe of that game you could like make weapons out of like chainsaws and there, there should be a there should be a zombie game like that where uh it takes place in the similar universe as the N64 wrestling games where you should be able to just like reach over a railing <laughs> and pull out like a set of steel steps and yeah. just like smash a zombie with it and somehow his head explodes because you hit him so hard with the steel stuff. And then you pull out a fire extinguisher. It's like well, <laughs> there's like any number of like 300 things you can pull out. Man, you know what weapon I think and I just this just came to my head randomly. A weapon that is very unsung in zombie games that should be in there are the mayor scissors. Mayors have those massive scissors for cutting fucking ribbons. <laughs> you just take a big pair of mayor scissors right through some zombies. That'd be a great weapon. Be like Scissor Man from Clock Tower. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yes. Yeah. Damn. Why, that, All right. why shouldn't that? Yeah. That needs to be like an Evil Dead kind of a thing. Exactly. Where it's like a, a guy, instead of losing one arm, he loses both arms and his arms are. Or scissors. <laughs> He's like Edward Scissor hands, but like legit, not Edward not just Sizz- blades. Edward scissor arms, full full ass scissors. Oh, that'd be great. Ah, so that's the 360. Pretty good, pretty good year for 360. Well, yeah, I think. It's, and Sonic 06, which has become like the planet meme, nine, right? planet nine of outer space, uh, from outer space uh, of of gaming. <laughs> just 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 the worst train wreck of a game. Uh, hey, we'll get to Planet Nine later. Actually, that's it's <laughs> a good point. And then uh, Nintendo DS, we got. Uh, this is when they started the new Super Mario Brothers games, and they were a fun novelty. The first game was really cool, especially the power. The what hooked me and what probably hooked everybody else was uh, getting the giant power up, where you just become a giant Mario and just freaking smash everything. That's just just such a great feeling. Yeah, and. I, I those games are great. I think they're f- very forgettable. Like I never remember which ones yes. I played, and I hate the naming scheme. Oh yeah, I do. T- I think <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that for, for sure. I, I hate that too. It reminds me of the remember those compilation CDs that came out in the late '90s. Are like now volume two, mm, and yes. they had to change it to like now. That's that's what I call music because they were like, "Fuck, this came out five years ago. Of course, it's not now anymore. What a dumb thing <laughs> to name something." Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Those games you hit on on the head where they're just forgettable. Like they're collectathons. Um, I I I. Cranked through New Super Mario Brothers uh, on when I got my 3DS. I, I picked it up really cheap. I cranked through it in like less than three hours and never played it again. I saw there was a second one. I saw it was more of the same. I said no thanks. They're great for like one playthrough, and then that's yeah. it. It's like a disposable game. 
And then there's two listed here that I've not played. They're on my list. I want to get to them. But did you put a lot of time into Metroid Prime Hunters? I think I've heard you talk about that one. Prime Hunters and Cooking Mama were both, uh, the demos of both those games were in the demo station where I worked. Oh. And so, and I I was really impressed with Prime Hunters because you used the stylus on the bottom screen to uh, use the first person view. And it was really clever and really well done. I played that first uh, level and a half <laughs> probably like two dozen times. Uh, I never did play the rest of the game, but I, I thought that was really clever. Uh, that's that's all. And Cooking Mama was, um, you know, it's a management game. It's a cooking game. It's very, it's leans heavily on the charm. I liked it. I thought it was cool, um, especially since I'm really bad at cooking in real life. It was fun to pretend that I'm a good cook <laughs> in, in a video game. So, so there you go. Very cool. Now, we, we were remiss. We did not mention that the PSP released in 2005. But That's right. Pretty cool. You know, it's a it's a portable, it's basically a portable PS1. It has PS2 a sneaky, sneaky good library. It's It's got a lot of really good games, a lot of really good RPGs for sure. Yeah. Um, some decent ports in there. And some, yeah, you got your like your little GTAs that are specific to the PSP, which is pretty neat. Yeah, Vice City Stories came out in 2006. Um, people, like, if you love Vice City, then you need to play that. Metal Gear Acid 2, like, another little... They, they The PSP was treated like the Game Boy used to be treated in uh, correspondence to the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo, where it was... Remember that? When it was like, mm-hmm. you'd get Ninja Turtles games, but they were like Fall of the Foot Clan... Like they were, they were still Turtles games, but they were completely separate. That almost kind of complemented the right. NES and SNES games. So the the PSP was kind of the same thing because they they had Vice City Stories, they had Metal Gear Acid, and they had uh, Me and My Katamari, and those are all games that I I haven't played myself. But <laughs> man, I gotta tell you, I have played Me and My Katamari. Yeah. I would say don't do it. Why not? It is. It is very bad to control with the PSP. Oh, it's, okay. That, the, the that would make PS2 sense, The PS2 Katamari game is great, but the PSP only has one stick. Yeah, yeah. And it, oh, it was painful. I try. I mean, I, it's still, it's got all the charm. It's got, yeah. this, it's basically the same recipe, but um, it, trying to turn that, that goddamn ball around while you're trying to pick <laughs> up that one last building, it'll, oh boy, is it frustrating. Wow. I don't recommend that one. But I love the series. And also the boss fight book about Katamari. Uh, very good. I, I recommend that. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. And now PC. I'm not a PC guy. I can't afford these fancy PC games. I, I, got, I can barely run Microsoft Word in 2006 on my computer. What's going on, PC people? Well, that's why you need to play these games any way you can. Because <laughs> I still have tons of... Just the other day in the uh, Polymedia Discord... Uh, somebody brought up CD wallets, and it's like, yeah, I still have a shitload of CD wallets from PC I can't games part with that them. that people that people burn. Yeah, I guess not. I, I don't know. It's something is seeing like that person's handwriting, and yep, it's 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 just it brings you back to that time, and I, it's their sentimental value there. But uh, yeah, Oblivion, I had that uh, burned. I had uh, Half Life Two Episode One uh, on Steam. And uh, Battle Battlefield 2140, 2142, uh, that was burned to me as well. I didn't spend very much time with, with either Oblivion or Battlefield, but uh, Half-Life 2 Episode 1 was, was a good time. Yeah, I started playing Oblivion on whatever computer I had at the time that I thought could run it, but we it was Chop City. 
So I had to wait, and I got it on my PS3 probably mm. the next year or whenever it came out. The orange box. Um, not for was, was that part Oblivion. Of the orange box. No, I was I thinking. Not. I was talking about Oblivion. Yeah. Not, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Oblivion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oblivion was was PC first, and then it was basically everywhere after, like within six, yeah. eight months. And uh, Oblivion kind of blew my mind. Like I was like, dude. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so it's, much, so much game. It's just freaking gigantic. It's it makes no sense. Like uh, it, it made no sense to me at the time. Like I didn't know what, what how you could have a game without any kind of specific objective. And I know those existed, but it's like you really can just like, well, I'm gonna sit here and eat bugs forever. <laughs> like yeah, or yeah, I don't know. Like you mean you can do whatever you want. You could just like hoard cheese. Like people do that. They just like. <laughs> Fill a building with cheese wheels. I don't know. That might have been Skyrim. But I have a funny story about my time with Oblivion because, um, I, and I got to tell you, this is like right on the the cusp before I got like real into video games. At this point, I'm very much a poser. I'm just playing basically what's popular, what my friends tell me to play. I might take a chance on something, but I'm not watching. I'm not paying attention to anything going on. I don't even have friends that are into it. So I pick up Oblivion and I, and I enjoy it and I'm playing it on PS3. This is not in 2006, so we're in the future right now. Um, maybe 2007, 2008. But I'm playing it and I'm playing it a lot. Like, I'm sinking hours into it. And in that game, and you're probably familiar with the formula, but like, you know, you get you can get a horse or whatever. You can walk around. You can go to all these places. But once you get there, once you've been there, you can always fast travel back to somewhere you've been, right? That's kind of a known thing at this point in games. That's like an accepted, <laughs> right. that's like an accepted design feature. I didn't know that. I went through the whole game on foot, never fa- never fast traveling, because I didn't even know it was an option. I didn't pay attention. To, I, look, I would look at the map sometimes and be like, all right, I got to go north, close it, and then fucking just start trekking north. And I was like, damn, dude, this sucks, because I've been through, I was through here yesterday. I could have oh, done this on the way here. Jeez, that's and brutal. One time, randomly, like 80 hours into the game, I'm fish, like fudging around on the map. And it was like, you want fast travel here? And I was like, wait, how many of those do you get? Like, is that limited? You only get like five. Like, how many do you get? And they're like, no, as you just do this. It's like <laughs> what you do. Once you've been here, you can come back. Like, get the fuck out of here. Really? <laughs> That's not a fun feeling. It's not. But even worse, th- th- this is going to take it the next the next level. There was a bug in, I think it was the PS3 version that I played, where if you caught vampirism... You, it was very difficult to cure it. And I think in the PS3 version, in one of the versions, it was broken to where even if you did all of the meticulous steps to cure it, it wouldn't cure it. So the way that it would work, anytime you're in sunlight, your health would deplete. So I would have to wait until like <laughs> oh dusk and then, and then play the game. And then when the sun came up, I'd have to go in a building and sleep. <laughs> and I had, did this for hours. I was trying to like, how the fuck do I get rid of this? And I, you know, primitive insight online at the time i guess people weren't really aware of the bug or how it worked couldn't figure it out so i would have to like whenever when i did learn fast travel i would have to fast travel at night because it was smart enough to know (laughs) that if you fast traveled in the day however much time you were outside during the fast travel you would just arrive dead Uh. (laughs) (laughs) so i played that game the hardest way anybody's ever played it without fast travel and dying in sunlight 
and I, I still had a great time with it. So that's funny. I know. So I you like just I'd... show up as a corpse. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey. It was funny because it would go through this loading screen for a long time, and, and Bethesda loading screens, Oblivion did this. It would kind of give you, you know, while you're waiting, like give you a little bit of lore, maybe show you a, a, an asset that they had, give you a little 3D view of it, take like a whole like two minutes to load, and then all of a sudden you would load and your body would just fall to the ground, and Surprise, then it would load. You're dead. Yeah, then it would load to a reload screen, and I have to sit there for another like ten minutes. So I had to make sure I could only fast travel after 8 p.m. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. That, that is rough. such a pain in the ass. But that's that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, that reminds me of uh, my friend from high school uh, who did not know how to save in Chrono Trigger. Didn't realize that you go up to like the little stars, the sparkly stars, and when oh, yeah. you hear the ding, uh, you press the A button and you select your. Didn't understand that. Uh, so they tried to every time they played Chrono Trigger, they really loved the game. But when they got when they got to a certain point and they died, you know, they could be like six, seven hours in <sighs> and then it's back to the beginning of the game and they got to start over. And I remember uh, my other friend uh, uh, <laughs> would call this person and just put the phone to the TV and have the intro of Chrono Trigger playing. You know, the, the ticking clock and the music <laughs> kicking in. And the dude would just be like, hey, cut it out. <laughs> Fucking can't see. You know, just just to piss him off. But yeah, it was, uh, uh, that poor times. bastard. That poor, yeah, poor bastard. I know, right? Yeah. Well, fancy me and you in a podcast like this. My name is Captain Drachma, and I'm one of the co-hosts of IndieQuest. On this show, we dive into the amazing worlds of indie video games and attempt to determine where they rank on our own rating system, something we call the Quest Log. If that sounds like something that might trip your trigger, join me and my co-host Blinkin' Frantic on our adventure. You can find IndieQuest wherever podcasts are heard and on polymedianetwork.com, the best website on the internet. Man, I think we've all been there, being like, did it save? It probably saved. Yeah, it probably saved. Only to find out that it didn't, it didn't, you didn't do anything. We got it. We got a good question about saves here in one of our emails coming up. Uh, yeah, I, let's just let's, segue there now. You want to just let, take? Let's let's do, do that. Uh, I'll take the first one from Michael Will, but I mean Michael Wilson. Uh, he says he has a few questions. He says, "Happy late Halloween to you guys, or whatever holiday is closest to you when you read this." Happy Easter, Michael. Happy Easter. Uh, how would you like? Or uh, number one, how would you react if Metal Jesus and his lawyers actually showed up at your front front porch steps? Dang. Well, I would I just mean, start. I would just start laughing. Yeah, I mean, if if Metal Jesus is with them, that'd be pretty tight. I'd be like, dude, what's up? <laughs> Who are these nerds? How's it going, Jesus? Is, is, is Riggs somewhere around there? Is the immortal, the immortal John Hancock over there somewhere? Like, is the rest of his crew there? I'd be like, guys, I, I, I know we're all here on bad terms, but if we could squeeze a podcast out of you before we get <laughs> just, out of here. Just 30 minutes. 30 minutes is all we need. We just let need me see ask. if Alex is available real quick, <laughs> and I'll see if we can get, get it going. Did you bring your own minutes. mic? I got an extra. No, get on in <laughs> here. You, it's can, fine. Can you record your own audio somehow? Even though, even though you're standing outside. We got DiGiorno, Red Baron. What are you into? Come on. Come on in. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, if his lawyers showed up, uh, I'd uh, say, hey, what do you want? But uh, number, <laughs> number two says, this is more of a technical question. How do you guys handle storing all the videos that you edit? I know people rely on YouTube for hosting all the data, but I figured you guys keep prefer to keep copies of your videos on your own hardware or maybe through virtual storage. If you can, please list off any hardware or virtual storage 
storage services that you recommend. I just put all my stuff on a good old-fashioned hard drive. Uh, I keep all the final products of my videos. I keep all the scripts. I keep all the voiceovers. I keep all the Sony Vegas files and ghost files. Uh, all the backups and all that. But as far as like raw footage goes, I have no reason to, unless it's like pain in the ass stuff that I can't make save states for that I can Mm -hmm. work back to very quickly. uh, I'll save that. But um, otherwise, uh, no, I just keep the, just the final cut of the videos. And uh, yeah, I've got over 800 now and it's starting to take up a lot of spots, uh, a lot of space. So yeah, it's about time. I got another uh, hard drive, solid state hard drive, by the way, big time game changer. Always go solid state. Man, with you and Winamp, I thought maybe you put yours on floppy disks or something. (laughs) Hey, you know what? (laughs) Uh, You know why I don't? Because floppy disks don't whip the llama's ass. Ah. And Winamp does. Winamp does do it. It's simple. Yeah, I'm the same, except I, I have been keeping all of my, I don't have 800. But I have been keeping my recorded footage because I have a two terabyte hard drive that's not even anywhere near close to filling up with that stuff. And I'm kind of like, you know, I try to make my videos like YouTube agnostic to where like if if it goes under, I still got all my stuff I can upload somewhere else. So uh, I don't I, like sure. I don't even really reference YouTube in my videos for that reason. Like, thanks for liking and subscribing to me on YouTube. Like, I never bring that up. Like, because one day we might be on on a different tube, and it'll look silly. <laughs> And you know what? Uh, that's a great point because uh, I used to rely heavily on annotations uh, in the yeah. early days. When Boy, those I are used, gone. I used to have people click. Uh, like I would say, click here if you want part one. Click here if you want part two. And I'd have them pop up. Now those videos don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's very wise. Um, and yeah, I try and keep my videos just like you, uh, as bare bones as possible. Uh, so they're more malleable and more evergreen so they can yeah. fit in any context circumstance any format whatever so yeah right on all right what's uh what's uh, next? question number three he's got here is did you hear about how myspace ended up clearing their online storage a few years back i knew some people that used myspace for uploading their own music and videos that they created and i don't really know if they have a way to get their content back Thanks again for reading my emails. It's always great to hear your thoughts. Michael Wilba, I mean Wilson. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, that kind of feeds into what we're talking about. Like, yeah, MySpace much. just up and, you know, deleted a lot of stuff off their servers. And, like, yeah. you know, YouTube's in a bit better position than MySpace ever was. But still, like, you never know. That's your stuff. That's your hard-earned work you put out there. You got to you gotta duplicate it somewhere. Yeah, it never, it's, despite how big YouTube is, like, it never didn't occur to me that, uh, it's like of course i'm going to save my final stuff and keep it on a local drive and keep it uh and back it up uh, at least a couple different times because yeah what you know what i mean like for exactly that reason i think youtube is like what the number three visited website in the world really uh, it's it's in the top five behind (laughs) Uh, polymedia network and like pornhub (laughs) pornhub's up there (laughs) yeah uh i'm sure uh Excite.com is up there since we're talking 2006. <laughs> but fair uh, enough. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't hear about this. I mean, I, I, I remember me and some buddies uh, creating a MySpace page for some like 
stupid, like jokey music that we made up that's probably long gone that I just remembered thanks to this email that now I'm sad about. So thanks, Michael, for kind of ruining my night because <laughs> there was some 20 year old comedy in there that was just, it just fucking hit. Whoops. It's gone now. Gone. Well, shit. Probably didn't age well anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we should move on to uh, should I should I crush through sports real quick? Dude, now to Alex with sports. All right, 2006 sports. Uh, we got Peyton Manning winning his first Super Bowl against the Chicago Bears, which was uh, a fun game for only two reasons. Number one, Devin Hester took the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, which was one of the coolest moments in Super Bowl history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ha- and uh, true story, I had money on the Bears to win this game because I thought Peyton would choke again. But uh, choke on his own forehead, you know, but he didn't do it. (laughs) Uh, And uh, number two is at uh, the Prince halftime show. Yeah, Uh, he played. It's it's like the Super Bowl stopped and a Prince concert broke out. And not only that, but it was raining during purple rain. It was pouring down rain. Uh, him and all his like dancers and stuff are out there wearing huge heels and platform shoes on this incredibly slick, dangerously slick surface. Nobody falls. Prince is just like shredding his guitar in the rain. Uh, everything is just perfect. It's one of the best, like most like incredible things to to watch. Yeah, just like oh yeah, this this the biggest sporting event in the united states it's gonna stop for prince and then it's gonna go back to doing what it's to to be in a game it was it's even at the time it was it's only gotten the the legend of that has only gotten bigger but even at the time it's like god damn that was great you know our pal Petey puff michelle was oh of course well she has great taste sure yeah yeah i didn't mean for my voice to go up right there i meant to say sure she yes Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. What else happened? Florida. Florida. The Gators out there gating. Oh God. Yeah. This is when uh, I think this was the Chris Leak, uh, Florida Natty, in football uh, when he was a star. Great name, Chris Leak. Yeah. Um, Pre Tebow. This is kind of like that Peyton Manning scenario where like the guy before Peyton won the Natty, and then Peyton's like obviously way better, more popular, and doesn't get one. Like Chris Leak, and then did actually did Tebow get a natty? I th- he did. I, th- I think Tebow was a freshman on this team. I think yeah. he only came in as like a gadget player, if I remember correctly. He but, was, yeah, he came in and did like the jump shot pass every now and then. Yeah, which made but, no, it was the ugliest thing in football. Still it is. It was so lame. But uh, I hate Urban Meyer. Just want to say that. But uh, <laughs> just I hate Urban Meyer. But uh, he, yeah, this this was in the midst of uh, Florida having pretty strong grip on the college football landscape and we find out after the fact many years later that uh, a lot of these guys were not so good people kind of like Aaron Hernandez right yeah Yeah. but anyway the basketball team was a lot more likable Uh, this was uh, Florida basketball had uh, Joakim Noah Al Horford Mm -hmm. Corey Brewer Lee Humphrey and what I loved about the, I was really into college basketball at this time. Oh, uh, me too. Like, wasn't this like the Adam Morrison year too? And like, yes, Alan Moore, Adam Morrison, uh, that UCLA team with like Aaron Aflalo and Jordan Farmer. 
Uh, all those that was great great times you know I, what I it loved... pains me to say like in the day like obviously i went to virginia tech loved loved the basketball we didn't make the tournament but i loved in this god i know i'm i feel dirty saying it but i loved watching west virginia's basketball team they had such a good squad they were just oh, lighting it up from are you, three are you gonna pit bring up pits snoggle come on no. pit snoggle come on dude want... Do you want to know why? Because I think it was 2006. I, if it wasn't 2006, it was 05 or 07, somewhere around this time. It was when Chris Paul and Wake Forest uh, were like a two seed or a three seed, and they were my pick to win the national championship. And I thought that team was just loaded, and I thought Chris Paul was the best player. And he was good. Has. He was great. They got pit snoggled in the second Hell yeah. round. Hell and that yeah, game, dude. That game went to like double overtime and yep. I, and just ruined my whole bracket. And I was so pissed because if Wake Forest only got back by them, they would have walked to the title game. Oh, they had oh. a lot of good uh, Gansey was on that team and that German Air Bear dude. Like I knew their whole oh, starting five, dude. God. They were I fun for, to watch. I forgot about that German dude. Oh, man. that uh, I hated hated that because it went to like double overtime and then i think chris <laughs> paul fouled out and that mm-hmm. uh that other guy that uh the other shooting guard i think his name was gray he fouled out too and i was like well shit we're uh, this team is screwed i don't know what they had a dude named strickland that was like launching threes oh uh, yeah yeah but you know what happened though you know what you know what got the pit snoggle kevin durant Texas was the one. Really? That yeah. Oh, what a great wow. year! We just named so many good basketball players from '06. That was a loaded year. I don't. Yeah. We might be conflating like a three-year span right there, but like possibly. But still, but, that was a great. Um, I think it was a great era of college basketball. That was. Yeah, was good. I I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, and that Florida team, what I loved is that they can't. They all came uh, with a couple exceptions. They came back the next year and won it all again. That was really cool. Yeah, hard to do. And yeah. And uh, Colt Brennan, one of my favorite college football players ever, because um, around this time, I was usually uh, staying up till like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., either playing video games or if I was sick of that, I would, especially if it was a Saturday, I'd put it on, uh, you know, ESPN 2 or whatever. And there'd usually be a Hawaii game on at 2 in the morning against some jackass team like Nevada or something. And Colt Brennan was Mm -hmm. just a machine. He was perfect for that system. He he set an NCAA record in 2006 for throwing 58 touchdown passes in one season. And the dude was born with a quarterback name. Like, Oh yeah. You can't have a first name like Colt and not be a quarterback. Just insane. Like when he came out, like they blessed, like, quarterback quarterback like they blessed him as future quarterback. <laughs> he because you can flip his name around brennan colt still a quarterback you can't oh, mess yeah. it up 100 i think brennan colt sounds a little bit like a running back but yeah i i, I agree <laughs> yeah. that's quarterback if you have colt in your name you got to be a quarterback and somehow he's not from texas with that name he was from california you just don't see it coming but yeah. you know what you know what i just read just now and i didn't know this hmm. colt brennan died in he 2021. Died? Yeah, age 37, 2021. I had no idea. I just was looking. I just scrolled through his Wikipedia page real quick. I had no idea about this. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, fentanyl. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's terrible. That is. That's awful. Man. Sorry, well, sorry to bring us down, but I mean, it's, it's it's obviously relevant, but damn, I did not know that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty shocking. Uh, but uh, we were just talking about uh, college basketball in 2006, and we didn't bring up George Mason. Oh, I have a fun story. Yeah. So... 
in two thousand this year, two thousand six, Facebook. I don't know if it was the first time they did it, but they had a uh, like a pick 'em where you picked a bracket and you were ranked, and you could be ranked within because Facebook was still largely university based, and so you could be ranked within like your university where you got your account mm-hmm. or nationally. And I fucked around. I had, you know, everybody's got multiple brackets. You got your Yahoo bracket, ESPN bracket, you got your whole bunch yes. of brackets. I fucked around with my Facebook bracket, and I had George Mason going to the Final Four. Oh, my God. And for a split moment in my life, I was number one in the bracket rankings on all of Facebook. Wow. And I took, I took screenshots. I, it's probably, I would say it's probably still on the... Because whoever gets rid of a computer tower they replaced, it's still out in the garage from like 20 years ago. <laughs> Probably won't power on. But I, I think that screenshot's still on there. I was so proud of that. That was so cool. I, I, I What do you mean was? You should still be proud of I, that. In, I mean, in fact, well, yeah. I can't if, prove if, it, though. If Well, I, I was going to say, like, if you still <laughs> had those screenshots uh, by any chance, if you're able to recover those, uh, if, if, if you're ever in a spot where you're applying for new jobs and the the application online is asking for additional documents just send them a screenshot of that heck yeah dude and they'll be yeah. like wow this guy had george mason in the final four in 2006 sure don't know why like, how do we not hire this dude this is unbelievable i think i did a bracket that was just virginia friendly once so i was like yeah let's, let's let the home teams do good on this bracket and <laughs> i'm going far uh stupid but hey that was cool man yeah, George Mason. George, George Mason was like, and they beat a very unlikable UConn team. Uh, I remember that because that UConn team was basically like coasting. Uh, they had a lot of NBA talent that was projected. They had at least like four guys that were projected to be in the first round, and they they kind of played like they didn't want to get hurt a little bit. Not to take away what George Mason did, but it was really sad. I'm just saying it's really satisfying to see them beat appeared to me to be an arrogant Yukon team. I but, think that's fair. Yeah. But anyway. I mean, they were number one seed. They were pretty good that year. Italy wins World Cup with the Zinedine... Z- how do you say his name? Zinedine Zidane? I, yep. Something. Yep. I, 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 I can't remember how to pronounce his name at the top of my head. He headbutts a guy. I, I don't remember if it was in extra time or if it was, well, like after, like close to the 90-minute mark. Uh, and got himself ejected. Uh, <laughs> but that headbutt is like, that's like Street Fighter 2. Like, oh, the guy leaned into it. Like, he kicked his legs out from underneath himself so he could really. I mean, get, so, yeah, like, it, was, it was an assist on the cell, but damn, assist, still. Yeah, he sold it big time. But uh, it, it, it was it was an amazing moment in time. It was one of the first. Uh, Things that I can remember seeing copied into other contexts on the internet all over the place. In other words, it's it was uh, a very a, an earlier example of a meme. Uh, did I sound white enough and old enough describing it like that? I hope I did. But um, you did. Did you know there yeah. is a statue of the headbutt in Qatar? <laughs> is there really? <laughs> yeah, they, it was removed because of backlash, and then they were like, "Fuck it," and they put it back up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I, I actually watched that live. Uh, I This is right... Well, no, I, I, I usually try and watch the World Cup every time it's on uh, as much as I can. But uh, I remember watching that live and just not understanding why this dude would do that at that moment. It was inexplicable. But um, keeping on with sports here, the other theme in 2006 was just domination. Like, when you look at golf, you got Tiger Woods just crushing fools. Crush. 
Yeah. You got Roger Federer just crushing fools. And even in NASCAR, you got Jimmy Johnson just crushing fools. Just I know. Has there been a Jimmy Johnson that just doesn't win? I'm going to name my <laughs> If I have a son, I'm naming him Jimmy Johnson just to see what happens. Just Jimmy Johnson? Yeah, Johnson is the middle name. Just see what happens. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson Terry. Man, yeah, he, he would go. end up being like a country music singer and disgracing <laughs> our family. He, you know what? He's either a country music suburb, uh, a country music singer, or he's a uh, WWF jobber <laughs> circa 1988. <laughs> Jimmy yep. Johnson Terry! Yeah. I can hear him being announced right now before uh, freaking Berserker comes down and destroys him in 90 seconds. Just a plain Jane, blue spandex underwear, blue boots, no pizzazz. Just <laughs> he's out there. Ba- he's got bad facial hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking just running into just a chainsaw. No, no muscle tone. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like me. Like he looks like he got his dad's body. He's trying to. Trying to got scoliosis everywhere. Scoliosis. <laughs> It's got a club foot. I don't know. <laughs> that's his actually. That's his finishing move. The club foot. It's not bad. <laughs> He's never used it once in his, in his whole career. But and the, we got to talk about the NBA. The, the Heat beat the Mavs in the finals. Uh, that was the Dwayne Wade, Shaq, Dwayne uh, Miami Heat team. Dwayne Wade establishing himself as one of the best players in the NBA. And that was the year that Kobe scored 81 in a regular season game, which seemed impossible at the time until you watch the highlights and you see he's playing the, the crappy Toronto Raptors and they don't play defense. And Kobe is literally taking every shot uh, every time they go down the floor, uh, then it makes a little more sense. I remember seeing the newspaper that morning. My dad would always cast the sports page aside for me. He wasn't much of a sports guy. He'd read the headlines, but he didn't like read that thoroughly. He'd pass that off to me. And I remember, he, I don't think he had like an opinion one way or another about Kobe, but he was like, fucking guy never passes the ball, does he? <laughs> I remember just like having like a sour attitude about it. And I wasn't like a big Kobe fan. I like, I respect him now, but at the time I was kind of tired of him winning all the time. I was like, yeah, fucking guy. 81's, that was a, a crazy thing to see on the headline. Yeah. And is, ever since then, we have not had anybody uh match that or really come all that close i know damian lillard is at 70 a couple times uh i think uh, crazy i know it's nuts Uh, especially for a guard like you'd think like a big guy like Shaq or or somebody like that would have done it but yeah nope uh anyway uh baseball we got uh Albert Pujols winning his first world series title st louis cardinals beat the detroit tigers in 2006 uh, and Japan wins the first ever World Baseball Classic. I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty neat. And uh, we got the Carolina Hurricanes, the former Hartford Whalers, defeating the Edmonton Oilers in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, shout out to that Oilers team because they had uh, Roley and uh, Dwayne Rollison, who was uh, a beloved uh, goaltender for the Minnesota Wild before he uh, pretty much carried Edmonton to that final. Uh, I love that dude. So. Shout out to him. And now we are on to, what are we doing next? Music? Songs? I would say we just kick it on over to Robert Ring and the emails. I was going to oh, say, okay. though, okay. big Edmonton Oilers fan over here, I always picked them in Blades of Steel for no reason. Don't know why, but I was like, oh, ever I know since why. then. Because they were, they were dominant in the 80s. Were they? they? Gretz- I had no idea. They had Gretzky, Yari Curry, Glenn Anderson, Mark Messier, Grant Fuhr, yeah. Paul oh, here Coffey. We here we go. I think I just picked them because I didn't know that that was a city. Like, the rest of them were cities, and I was like, Edmonton, is that a dude? I'm going to pick that team. <laughs> no idea. 
Sounds like a transformer. (laughs) I'm going to pick old Earl Edmonton. He seems like a good (laughs) hockey team. Uh, All right. We got our pal Robert Ring from the Classic Gaming Podcast, folks. Be sure to check it out. It's pretty good. Uh, His email is titled Save Files. He (laughs) He says, sup, dogs. Here's one for you. I don't know why he's just jive turkeying me. I feel like I got to read the whole email like that. <laughs> Sup, dogs? Here's one for you. On PC games in which you have to type in a name for your save files, how do you name yours? When I was little, I used to just name them Robert. Then, after getting burned once by having only a single save, which I accidentally deleted, I started pretty much using as many saves as possible so they would be Robert 1, Robert 2, and so on. Eventually, I realized it was easier just to name them R1. R2, etc. And that is the method I use to this day. I never evolved to dropping the letter R and just using numbers. A very small and mostly illogical part of me says, what if the programmers didn't write the code for proper parsing of file names and the save file gets screwed up by the file name starting with a number rather than a letter? Unlikely, of course, but it also costs only a negligible amount of time and energy to simply include (laughs) the preceding R. I've seen another naming method that I like a lot, but I'm too lazy to use. This method involves typing out what you have just done or what you are about to do and naming the save as such. For example, just unlocked gate or need to go talk to X guy. Also, I don't trust auto saves or quick saves. What are your file save what what are your save file naming methods, Rob? What a question coming from the classic gaming guy himself. I don't put a lot of thought into it personally. Alex, what do you do? You have a convention? Do you have a habit? Those are great questions. Um, one habit I, for some reason, got into is I always name my save files, or most of the time I name my save files 001, 002. I always anticipate that I'm going to eventually get at least 100 save files <laughs> for some reason. So I go zero zero one zero zero two, and I, I I never get past like eleven. So <laughs> so it's right, like, right. So it's it, it, I don't know why I got in that habit, but that's that's my uh, thing that I lean on. But I have uh, I remember in Half Life Two doing what he talks about later, where it's typing out what you what you've just done or what you're about to do. That's very helpful, especially if you're not planning on playing that game all that regularly like if you've mm-hmm. got like a lot of busy stuff going on but you want to come back to it i i really like that approach too i've done that i can't think of other than half-life 2 i can't remember any other games that i've done that with uh recently but i do like doing that um and i'm with him where i do not trust auto saves or quick saves i need to press like F10 or whatever, to get into the menu, save myself. I don't give a shit if it auto-saved. I'm going to my save. That's that's just been my policy since day one. I don't trust auto-saves either. What about you? Uh, well, I do trust auto-saves, you conspiracy nuts. I, I, I've i never been failed <laughs> by an auto-save. Um, but I still will save my own saves just because it's kind of habit because a lot of times, like, I'll be playing a game, even to this day, and we're we're several years into the autosave. Like, kids born after the year, like, 2002 don't even know you have to save manually. Like, they That's just right. live yeah. They live by autosave, right? But sometimes I'm still like, so does this game autosave or... It's so, like, I'll have to, like, Google, like, did my game save? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's probably saves of, like, last chapter or something. Like, you got to a checkpoint. I'm like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> but, but I appreciate games that, like, start out still to this day that are like... 
just so you know, old man, this game auto saves. <laughs> so when you see this little icon down here, just chill the fuck out. Maybe don't turn it off when that's going on, but like you're good. But I haven't right. had to name a save in a while either. I just realized that. I was thinking like most games just have slots and I just toss them in there. But A lot of old DOS games have you do that. Mm. Uh, right. Uh, especially as you go further back, like the the old Apogee games like uh, Blake Stone or Rise of the Triad or, or stuff like that. Uh, you can name your save pretty much whatever you want. And uh, with, with an RPG, with a game like Strife, which is like a first-person rpg kind of a thing mm-hmm. it's it is really useful to like name your save need to talk to this guy or or like just finished you know just beat the boss or whatever um so i'm with him on that but that's becoming more and more rare uh it's uh yeah yeah it, you don't do that as often now yeah especially not on console but i mean i was thinking like Whenever you start a dynasty or something in a sports game, they always have you like name uh, the file for some reason. And because yeah. I'm the only one that like plays on my console, I just name them sh- stupid shit like fart and like <laughs> or like phalanx, just like some random shit. Like only I'm ever going to fucking know what this is. But the funny yeah. thing is, I'll fire it up like ten years later and be like, what "The fuck was I doing with fart? Like, was that a, <laughs> was that a good team or a bad team? I don't even know. I should have should have named yeah. it better. So I don't know." But that's a good question. Great questions there from Rob. Let's move on to music. We got songs here, and we've got What Was Everywhere. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true. Nailed it. That was everywhere. You can't argue that. I don't like it either, Alex. It's okay. (laughs) Also not a fan of that song. Uh, But I did like that crazy song by Gnarls Barkley. That That would get caught in my head. You I should have just one? sat here and just like not say it. I know, but you, but you, but you made me laugh. But can uh, you fake some enthusiasm for a little bit of uh, Gnarls Barkley? No, from I, old I, I love Mouse? that song. I think it's a Hell great song. Yeah. I love, I love CeeLo. Uh, I love his solo stuff. I know that, uh, he was uh, part of Gnarls Barkley. I don't remember the name of their other song that was a big hit at the time. Right, I don't s- either. But I do want to. I want to bring up something because you know, as we mm. talk about these things, I'm always surfing the Wikipedia, and. I want to add. I want to get your opinion. How long is a hiatus? Like, can I? Can you have a hiatus hmm. for thirteen years? Because it says Gnarls Barkley years active two thousand three to two thousand ten. Then on hiatus, but it's like, nah, they're done, right? Like, it's been, it's been thirteen years. Hiatus makes me think you're coming back. Don't fill me with hope. Just say you're done. Yeah, thirteen years is excessive. That's, You're not coming um, back from it, that. It makes me think that somebody just didn't update the Wikipedia page <laughs> just to say that they're broken up because it's thirteen years is too long. A hiatus is like five, six years. I think five it's or not, six it, years. Yeah. It's not double that. No, no, no. You can't take a decade hiatus. Uh, not on purpose. You can't be like, "Hey, we're on hiatus," uh, probably for about a decade. <laughs> that's not a thing anybody says. Like if if this podcast went on hiatus, how long would that be? Uh, that uh, would be like a few five, months. Six months. Yeah. Yeah. At most. Yeah. So, that's so, crazy. And that's that's a proper hiatus. Hiatus mm-hmm. is not thirteen flipping years. That's yeah, not that's, how that works. That's too many years. Anyway, so, sorry, on, I had to, guy. I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah. Um hey, but you know what? Up until you know, and this is fair, because up until now. And I'm thinking back to episode 90 when we were, or 91 where we started this. Not a whole lot of sexy was talked about. And then in 2006, lo and behold, Justin Timberlake brings it back. And then we get our sexy back, which I think was great. It was a good year to have sexy come back. 
Did he though? He brought it back. I think you know what? I think he fucking took it to begin with. Well, I was gonna say, where did it go? Where did you come from? Where did you go? <laughs> Justin I Joe. Just uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. How do you like that? But um, no, I mean, it's. I guess. All right. <laughs> but it's. Uh, I, 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 you know what? I, I got to be honest. This is when I first started really turning into curmudgeon. You think I'm a curmudgeon now? Oh, this is when you started. Be- I thought that was in 1998. <laughs> I mean, I, I. This is when I'm just really leaning into it because I'm. A, <laughs> I am. I am ostrich head in the sand. I don't know any of these songs. Uh, unless I'm, you know, I have to go to the dentist or something, but um, or I have to. You know, shop for groceries uh, for an extended period of time. Sure, and they, they play something other than Steve Winwood. This song, obviously, everywhere you couldn't dodge it, and I think it's fine. But my favorite part of the song, not the sexy back part, but the little yeah after, I live for that part. Like if that song's on, I'm the one shouting like I'm bringing sex back. I'm like yeah, like I love the yeah part. I don't know why. <laughs> I just I glom on to the worst part of songs. And then a song I know you hate because you don't like the band Danny California, but I like that song because uh, I like the solo in it. And uh, we can go ahead and move on. I just like John Frusciani. It's fine. Frusciante. I, like I don't even know how he says that. I like that guy too. I think he's a good guitar player. I just don't like that he's, band. And he's back. He's back too. He's that's uh, cool. I guess <laughs> you're like I don't like the band. I'm like he's back in the band. Oh, you don't like the band. Well, I, I, yeah, but then we've got the Raconteurs, which is Jack White's band. Yeah, I like that song, all right, that little band there, uh, Raconteurs, Steady As She Goes. But it seemed like, you know, because I looked at the sheet, and you had TV on the radio on here, and I also added it, but I, I like TV. I didn't, do you like TV on the radio? Yeah, I like that first, uh, I don't know if that's their first album, but Return to Cookie Mountain was was good. That was like the mainstream, that was the one that like put them on yeah. a map, maybe not yeah. the map. Yeah, I, I liked them uh, for that time. Uh, I remember getting their album <clears throat> any way I could and uh, <laughs> uh, listening to it uh, pretty extensively. I liked it. Um, it's good, was, you know. Uh, it had a it had a very distinct vibe. Didn't really totally sound like anything else. So yeah, yeah I liked it. And to confirm, that was their second album, but very good. It was very good. Okay, right on. Uh, I want also wanted to bring up the Hold Steady. Uh, they released the album Boys and Girls in America, and they're a band from the Twin Cities area, Minnesota. Uh, I don't know where specifically, but it's always funny to me. Uh, I, I I go, uh, my girlfriend and I love to frequent a burger place here in Albuquerque called Holy Cow Burger. And um, <laughs> there's a guy there that is really into music, uh, indie music, music like the Hold Steady. And usually when I go to Holy Cow Burger, I wear my twins hat. And since the Hold Steady is from Minnesota, this guy comes to me and he's done this three separate times where he's like, oh, hey, uh, the twins. Yeah, they're a good team, right? Oh, yeah. And I mentioned, yeah, I'm actually from St. Paul area, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of the band Hold Steady? He's done this three different times. He does not remember me. He does not recognize me. Man. And he, he does this every time. And I'm afraid to go back because he's going to fucking do it again. And that is but, a regular ass, like, Midwestern transplant meat cute. Like, that. Yeah. 100%. That's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. You know the hold steady? It's like, I remember the third time he asked that, I just looked at Pearl and was like, Unfucking believable, <laughs> I, dude! You have to you have to get a hold steady T shirt 
and wear it there <laughs> to see if he brings up the twins. He's like, there's a guy that comes in here wears a twins hat. <laughs> and I always tell him about the whole, Yeah, see if because maybe he doesn't remember. See if he remembers you. That'd be funny. Try it out. Oh, he does. He's made it very clear that he does not remember me. Um, then we also got uh, the Mas- Macedon Blood Mountain. Um, I just like. I, I like metal bands with a good guitar sound that come up with cool riffs, and that's Mastodon. It's all I really, it's all I really care about. Blood and Thunder that came out that year, and that was when um, I think that was when our cable at my parents' house because I, I would still I think I was in college, but I'd still go home you know, on occasion. And my mom and dad, like, so obviously after I left for college, they were like, "Fuck it, let's just open it wide open and get all the channels." I was like, "Really? After your teenage son moves out, <laughs> now you're going to have fun?" And uh, so it has like Fuse, Fuse 2, MTV 8, like all Ooh. of the cool music channels, right? So I'm staying yeah. up late when I go in, like watching music, and this uh, Blood and Thunder comes on. And I was like, who, is, who are these dudes? Like it, yeah. it, was a, it was a moment where I was like, all right, I got to follow these guys. And then like a month later, lo and behold, they were on uh, the, um, I don't know what you call it, the the ticket, the the billing, the head, I don't know, but they were at a... a a festival that I went to and I was, and I heard that song come on and I sprinted through like hundreds of drunk people on a lawn to be like, this band I saw on TV like a month ago. Fucking awesome. I was, I had no idea they were there. So this was a formative moment for me. I've been a Mastodon fan ever since. Right on. Yeah. I admit I I don't listen to them a whole lot, but uh, I mean, that's exactly what I want is just metal riffs, great guitar sound. And you know what else? A A regular release like they're mm. dependable. They got an album every other year. Yeah, kind of like Typo Negative. I remember they used to do that. They they, it's just like here we're Typo Negative. Here's what we sound like. Here's an album every three years. Enjoy. Oh, and so good. I I really appreciated that about them. They're the kind of the same thing. Then we also had Tool Ten Thousand Days, and I know I should like this album because uh, Tool is I have a long history with that band in a lot of different ways. But um, I'm sure I've talked about those in the past on this podcast. But uh, I really don't like this this album a whole lot. I like right into the second to last song. Every other track, don't care. I never really? listened to this one. Yeah, I like it. I liked it a lot. I liked uh, the, the pot pot got overplayed. Uh, I, I could do without that one now. Uh, I like Jombie quite a bit, and um, you know what? I'll occasionally have a little bit of fun with uh, Rosetta Stone. I think it's fun. I think Rosetta Stone has a fun idea where it's like yeah. some some guy trying to recite his crazy story, but yeah, uh, it's I like can't, can't... Weird Al's Albuquerque. It's but like <laughs> a higher. little bit, yeah. a little bit, yeah. Uh, it, it's just I never listen to it all that often. I never think to. I think their next album after the Ten Thousand Days, uh, Fear Inoculum, is light years better. That's, that's yeah. All I'm say. You know what? I don't know about light years, but I'm gonna say a little bit better for me as well. Uh, and then movies, you know, we don't have a long list here. Now, it's, enough movies came out in 2006, but I think a good number of them, you know, again, I talk about all of them, but I highlighted a few here that I like, and it, it turns out that a good number of them, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to run through the bottom of the list first. Sure. Because these comedies were kind of formative uh-huh. for me in a lot of ways. Idiocracy. I mean, how accurate could that movie have fucking been about the future? It's kind of sad. It is sad. It's not even kind of sad. It is sad, and it's Mike Judge... Is uh, I, if I remember correctly, it's his first movie after Office Space. Uh, Seems right. I don't think he did anything in between that, but um, other than King of the Hill. But um, yeah, Idiocracy was great. I loved it. 
Uh, but I remember uh, moving in. Uh, this would have been 2007, 2008. I remember uh, borrowing that uh, or lending, I should say, that uh, DVD from somebody and having my roommates watch it at the time. They did not think it was funny, like one iota. They didn't get it, did they? They mm. didn't really get it, no. And I was very sad about that because uh, I love that movie. Uh, so that's that's my memory of idiocracy, other than like, Mom, a baiting, baiting. I always encounter people that just have this weird hate for Dak Shepard, and I'm like, but he was in Idiocracy, yeah. And then also later, let's go to prison, which is another movie of his I like. Yeah. Oh, and of course. My favorite line, everybody's favorite line from Idiocracy is, uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's what plants crave. I think it's what, what the line is. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, they have a, it has electrolytes. It's what plants crave. Uh, it's, it's I need to watch it again. It's been a, it's been a minute. We should uh, we should do a watch party. It's damn funny. Damn we could funny. do a Mike Judge watch party. Why don't why we done oh, that? Oh, do man, I am there. Because you said you haven't he, seen Extract, right? Which is... The, no, uh, I have not. No, I'm way, way behind on like everything uh, from the past like five years. So I'm I'm gonna attempt to try and catch up in well, the next in the coming months. I but, um, um, boy, I do hate to break it to you, but extract came out at least fifteen years ago. But still, we'll we'll extract. get it in next. Yeah. It's, okay. It's good. No, wait a second. I need to look this up. Uh, I think you have brought this up before. It came out in two thousand nine. It is a movie. It's got Jason Bateman, Mila Kunis, Kristen oh, Wiig. Oh, okay. I I I have J.K. A f- Simmons. Fuzzy memory of this, but I have not seen it. But uh, okay, it's unsung. I, it. I think it's decent. It, it okay. lost. It lost. Well, I don't know. It might have made out. It might have been positive at the box office, but like nobody was talking about it but me. Right. So. Here I am. I'm here for you. Let's watch it. Well, a movie that everybody was talking about was Talladega Nights. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Which is, Ugh. I mean, it's just basically just Will Ferrell at his, the peak of his powers. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's just Will Ferrell at his Will Ferrellist. It's, uh, um, what's his name? I can never remember that guy's name. John, John C. C. Riley. Yeah, uh, man. And he's the perfect sidekick because he's such a suck up. It's so good, man. And it's still quotable to this day. You know how many times I say in a week, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Like, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Well, I always think of the the baby Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> when they say the prayer, the prayer. It's like, he's not. He's a man with a beard. <laughs> that always makes me laugh. And like, if if I'm a little bit, you know, maybe I've had a little bit too much coffee and I'm annoying my wife. I'm like, I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. You know, I'm gonna throw Grandpa Chips <laughs> oh, four medals yeah. off the bridge. I think uh, was I think that's a line from Texas Ranger. Yeah, as opposed to Walker. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Great movie, <laughs> yeah. really funny. Uh, and Nacho Libre, uh, and what? Oh my god! I know Nacho Libre is near and dear to your heart because it's a Jack Black movie. It's it's great. And in fact, uh, for for Polykill listeners out there, I know there's at least uh, two or four of you. Every time, and and, and Blink and I, the co-host, he's been on the show before, Steve. We don't really talk except on the podcast. We don't like you and I will like message each other like sports dude stuff. Blink and I do not talk unless we are face to face for a podcast, and so every hmm. time we get ready to record, there's that there's the gif of Jack Black as Nacho Libre in his sweater with his poofy hair and his mustache and his cocky pants, and he does a little stretch and he's doing it for the lady. He does that like yeah. the 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 lunge. It's it's after he clenches his ass. Yes, I send him that gif when I'm ready to record. 
every time. And so if you scroll through our chat for the last four years, it's just a series of that gif when I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Let's let's hop on. <laughs> the little stretch. <laughs> also, get that corn out of my face is uh, my favorite. Yeah, I got to say, uh, that's a really good... Uh, Jack Black ha- had carved quite a niche for himself because I this movie is reminds me a lot of old school but it's totally different in that where it's it's a really funny movie but it actually the story in it is actually not you know it's it's okay like old school same kind of thing where it's a really funny movie but the the overall story is is okay it's like it's kind of slightly heartwarming and it's got, got a little little bit of a heart to it it reminds me a lot of um napoleon dynamite in its flavor and it might yeah yeah i was gonna say it might even have like a lot of the same brains behind it i don't know if i can confirm that here on air but yeah it's it's got that kind of like wacky mid-2000s post-prime mtv kind of humor to it it's really interesting i'm telling you you picked three great ones here because if you want to sum up comedy mid-2000s you got to go idiocracy talladega nights and nacho libre like (laughs) you can't i mean if you're going to sum up a time period it's it's those three movies right there. 100%. Um we also had The Departed. That was the best picture winner for 2006. Pretty good. And um yeah, it's pretty good. Um yeah, it, it won best picture which kind of always kind of bothered me because it's like well, Goodfellas is better than this. Uh Raging Bull is better than this. Why why is the Departed is like almost like a an Oscar to give to Scorsese like oh we should have given you this for those movies but we didn't so here's this award for this movie instead it's one of those things and it, it's always kind of annoying but cuz I, I think it's, like, it's also like a weaker blockbuster year too like yeah pretty much and it also was it was so fucking star studded like it was kind of one of those that they basically bought the Oscar because <laughs> yeah well I mean you got the Alec Baldwin scene yeah or, and and he's like eighth fiddle like he's not even on the fucking yeah. cover you got DiCaprio Damon Nicholson and Wahlberg was hot at the time Mark yeah. Sheen's in there somewhere like it's of course it's going to win Best Picture Jesus yeah and it's Scorsese so yeah. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine, though. Mm. Little Miss Sunshine was a yeah, that was a fun movie. Uh, that was Steve Carell in the midst of his uh, office stuff, and so it was it was interesting to see him finally play a different character other than Michael Scott. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. The Prestige. It. I don't know if the Illusion Illusionists released the same year, but I, I know those it movies was. like competed for like magic power. Yes. But I love both of them. I thought they were both great. <laughs> yes, The Illusionist was the same year. Uh, I did not see that one, but I did see The Prestige. Uh, that movie pissed me off so much. The Prestige I so, did? I, I was so irritated, yes. Um, it, I, the ending made me so mad. I don't want to spoil anything, but I was just like, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> it was one of those where it's just like, really? No. I don't I, I don't want to yeah get too, too far. It has David it. Bowie in there somewhere, too. Which is wild. Yeah, he plays Tesla, uh, Tesla, right? Tesla, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty neat. I, I do, I do remember the ending being like, like looking around the room to gauge what my friends were thinking. Like, is this in this fucking kind of dumb? But the build up, I mean, the ride was way better. Like, the, it's a memorable. That's true. Movie. Yeah, it's a good it was ride. a fun ride. But the ending was just uh, not my thing. Uh, and Casino Royale, I saw in theaters. 
I didn't um, see that. That was the awesome James Bond. You know, in 2005, we talked about Batman Begins as a Batman revival. Casino Royale is a James Bond revival where all of a sudden James Bond is not all cartoony and and goofy like he was during uh, Die Another Day with with Pierce Brosnan. Now, all of a sudden, it's Daniel Craig. Uh, it's a lot, you know, it's more like the Born Identity kind of a kind of a right. thing. Where more rugged, it, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's it's more uh, down to earth. It's not as cartoony. And the villain in that movie is Mads, Mackels- Mads Mikkelsen. And he is, that was my, this movie was my introduction to him. Oh. And that guy has stuck with me ever since. Cause I, he ended up, you know, of course being Hannibal in the, 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 the TV show. Oh, but, uh, I didn't he, know that. He is excellent as the villain in Casino Royale. He is extra creepy and sinister and menacing. He's, he's great. Oh, love, shit. love Casino Royale. Now I gotta watch. See, I'm I'm a uh, I'm I'm very much on the outside of of the James Bond movies. In fact, mm. I think the only James Bond movie I have ever seen, and and I, I got dragged to this one, so it wasn't even my choice. So I probably barely played paid attention to it. But I think it was the maybe the one after this that he that Daniel Craig was in. Um, uh, Quantum of Solace. Yeah, where he's like. He's, I feel like he's just Ugh. covered in paint at some point. That might be. The, I don't know if that's. A <laughs> that's thing. one of the. That's arguably the worst Daniel Craig Bond movie because it's so depressing. <laughs> it's, I didn't have fun with it. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is James Bond stuff. Okay, it's it's not that good. They went too far into the gritty, mm. down to earth, realistic thing. It's it just wasn't a fun movie. And you know what? It wasn't uh, friendly. I mean, and it's my fault because I haven't watched any of them. But like, as someone who, it, like, if that's your first James Bond movie, like, I don't, I didn't get like even knowing the pop culture of James Bond, I still felt like a massive outsider. I'm like, they're referencing shit that I'm never going to get. Like, it had this long yeah. story with Judy Dench's character, which I know is integral, but I was like, I can't get into any of this. This isn't enjoyable. Yeah. So yeah. I need an in. I need an endpoint for James I Bond. Think- I think if you're an outsider to Bond, uh, the movie after Quantum of Solace, uh, Skyfall, would have been much better. Uh, mm. It explains things a lot better, and it has a really cool villain in Javier Bardem. Uh, and uh, Daniel Craig is is really comfortable in the role at that point, and it's just a better movie, be- uh, better music, and all that. I was going to say better music. Isn't that Adele uh, do that one? That's Adele. Yeah, yeah Skyfall. That's a good one. It's a killer theme. But yeah, and we we can't we have to talk about three hundred now. I'm the kind of guy that can kind of guess that Alex rolled his eyes at, at three hundred. No, you, you liked I, it. I I went. I took a date to three hundred. <laughs> she left you because she was like, "All right, let me see your abs." <laughs> No, she liked it more than I did. <laughs> I saw it with the, with my dudes, with with my with my uh, my the guys I lived with, and then we all after that we all like we didn't we didn't talk about it, but we were all in the gym for like five weeks after that, like just for no reason. <laughs> just never brought up why we were just suddenly gym hounds. But every every, every single dude in that movie, like even even like you could get a guy that looks like Andy Dick. <laughs> Wearing one of those outfits, and he's got like eight pack abs. Right. It's like what? The, what the hell? Andy Dick like, literally yeah, playing like, a guy's dick in his underwear, but still, still ripped, still ripped with like two percent body fat. It's like, but okay, I love, I love that it was. It made a comic book alive, and that's that's the point. It's like Sin City. They both kind of. I guess I don't know. If they're similar DNA there, but like the same over the top. I loved it. I thought it was fun. 
apparently solo flex and creatine existed back in the yeah. <laughs> Spartan age of <laughs> No idea if it holds up, but uh no, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was brilliantly shot. It was a spectacle to look at. That's kind of how I treated yeah. it. It was just like, look at all this wonderful violence. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, how did they do that shot? Oh, that shot looked fun. Oh, they did this all in one take? Oh, that's cool. It's just a spectacle to just yeah. kind of look super at. Super simple and story. I enjoyed it. Villain super, yeah. super good. Uh Gerard Butler, that was my intro to him. Kicking that dude down a yeah, well. Me too. Fucking ruled. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's it's the it's the new metal of movies. Like I associate like when I when I think of that movie, I'm like, I just think of Godsmack. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I'm like, that was a that was a now go away. That was I'm time. doing the best I ever did. I'm doing the best I ever did. I go away. I feel like I've had dreams where Gerard Butler sings that song to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Him in that beard and that pose where he's. Telling somebody what city he's in. But, uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello, you lovely listener. We're trying something new. This podcast now has a subreddit at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash polymedia. If you're anything like us, when you listen to an episode of your favorite podcast, you often wish you could talk with other listeners and the hosts about the episode. That's what r forward slash polymedia is for. So if you're listening, when you have something to say, head over to r forward slash polymedia and start or join a conversation. YouTube has a comment section, blogs have comment section, and now this podcast has a comment section at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash polymedia. Come talk with us and fellow listeners. All right, let's tackle this last email. We've got burlesque costume picture. Could be not safe for work from Robert Auguste de Meyer. Hey, I work from home, Robert. And this, uh, this picture ruled. Yeah. Yeah, this picture rules <laughs> that he, he sent us. Let, let's read the email first. He says, howdy, drunk buddies. The burlesque festival was amazing. There were 12 acts, all top class, from hilarious to gorgeous. I hope we all look metal enough for Alex's aesthetically dark taste. Do I have an aesthetically dark taste? Uh, you hate most things? No, I'm kidding. You're fine. You have an aesthetically... <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you uh, like stuff. Man. I've seen you like stuff. I, I try to tell people that I like stuff. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't always work. Uh, and then he says, I really think you should look into Cruelty Squad. I think it's... The, well, that sounds like my thing, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's the next step in video game design evolution. If games, by their very nature, are paradoxically cruel and rewarding, then this game understands and plays with this paradox like nothing before. All right, I'll check it out. Keep the podcast coming. I'm playing Dragon Age now, and it's so by the numbers. Having something to listen to in the meanwhile keeps me focused. Who is this doing this synthetic type of alpha, beta, psychedelic funkin? I don't know what that means. I don't either. Uh, and then he signs it, Robert Auguste, a.k.a. Auguste. Auguste. De Meyer. August, a.k.a. Auguste de Meyer. That's for me. That's because I can't pronounce August when I see Robert and de Meyer on either side of it. Yeah. And he's got a picture of him and his partner dressed up in latex and leather and uh, all sorts of cool-looking stuff. Our, our, our guy, Robert, has horns and wings and it's a pretty amazing getup. It obviously took a lot of effort. Both guys look 
both these people look fantastic. Great job with the costumes. It's, it looks awesome. It looks like something we would have seen at MAGFest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is top tier. Well done on, on, the, uh, on the designs and on the wearing of the costumes. <laughs> uh, I have not been that skinny in many years. They look awesome. Lovely looking. They they're but they are also like uh they look like biblically devilish, like Revelations nine or something. I know, right? They they look like it looks so professional. Yeah, like it looks. It, the only thing that that's that doesn't stick out is the setting. Like they're in like a, a room. Yeah, they're in, with a closet behind. They're clearly them. in an IKEA, and <laughs> they're <laughs> right. longingly looking into each other's eyes with like prom date passion, which I find just completely adorable. But the, of course, but in contrast to their getups, which looks like they should be like whipping someone to death. So I think it's cool. <laughs> uh, and also, I did. I, w- I just watched uh, a quick video of Cruelty Squad while um, we were taking a little break there for for Alex to do whatever he had to do. And it looks mm-hmm. like a Doom Engine uh, fever dream. And uh, I don't know if I want anything okay. to do with it. It's one of those like where the graphics just immediately don't make you feel good, and you're like, I don't know if I could play this. <laughs> oh, okay. This is this is a lot of colors. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the first thing I said. I was like, wow. So the whole palette. I think you're. Uh, I think my monitor is about to start like smoking. Just looking at screenshots. I did tap the top of my monitor to see if it would change the colors. I was like, does this yeah. do anything? No. Okay. This is the way it looks. No. So thank you, Robert. Uh, good hearing from you, and uh, thanks for sharing that picture. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks. Uh, all right. Let's fucking... What are we at? Uh, notable events. Hey, man, uh, we got a new boss in 2006. Well, I guess technically I mean, I, we weren't ma- really making videos then, but Google bought YouTube for $1.65 billion in stock. How much do you think YouTube would sell for today? I don't know. I mean, more than that probably, but I have no idea. Uh, I remember this being a huge deal. It was it was an interesting deal because um, it kind of put the stamp saying, "Hey, YouTube is a rely like this is where you need to go for videos." Essentially, like now it has the infrastructure backing to take on all sorts of tons of uh, you know hours and hours of videos. I remember first uploading to YouTube. My maximum was ten minutes, yeah, ten minute videos. Now it's like, okay, uh, uh, 10 hours, 24 hours. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it was a big-time game changer. Um, Despite what uh, certain other content creators might say, I think Google has largely done an okay job. Mostly, I'm going 60-40 good-bad for for what they've done since this purchase. That's just yeah. my opinion. You don't have to agree with it, but I think it's fair. I mean, you got to think about it. like YouTube itself it was bought because it was unprecedented and then its growth is unprecedented. Like what are you measuring it against? And I just googled it and I this website is called manhowie.com so it's probably not even real, but it says like <laughs> YouTube is now worth, you know, it was bought for 1.6 billion, now it's worth 180 billion. Like that's a good return on investment, I think, based on my math. Yeah, the thing that I t- uh, go back to is uh, back in 2006, where Google could have just developed, you know, tried to develop their own video service like this. Uh, they did with Google Video, that didn't last very long. Uh, they could have backed a different horse like Daily Motion. They were around back then. Uh, they had decided that YouTube was the horse they wanted to back, so they did. So. 
I think that's kind of interesting because there were other options out there. This daily motion just kind of, I think daily motion is still around, but uh, not used. I think Vimeo was, I don't know if Vimeo was around back then, but yeah, it was just like, oh, we like your format. We like the infrastructure. Let's take it under our wing and let's do that. And I, th- I, I think they've done a relatively good job. Uh, there's some stuff I don't agree with, but for the most part, it's, it's been great. I don't, I don't mean to like bog everything down with that, but, but uh, listen, Pluto got downgraded to a dwarf planet, so I'm going to be a little upset for hey, this whole conversation because yeah. of that. You brought up the ninth planet earlier, and I was like, I fucking wish, because Pluto, not a planet. <sighs> you know what? It, it, I remember like there being late night, ho- like Leno Letterman at the time, making a lot of jokes about that, but I was like... Honestly, dude, I'm a little bit hurt. Like, I, <laughs> I went through 13 years of whatever school, like, you know, all through elementary school. Like, Pluto was, like, the cutest planet. I identify with Pluto, kind of being forgotten all the way in the back, <laughs> you know, kind of kind of cold, you know, nobody, you know. And then all of a sudden you're going to tell it, it just can't fucking, like, a pretty big rock, let's admit, not small, you know, it's not a planet anymore. No, it's it's not. It's it's It was downgraded to... What would it be downgraded to, like an asteroid or something? A, a like, dwarf planet, but like a dwarf planet. Okay, that just seems uh, seems crass to me. I think it well, it seems be a cruel to Pluto. I think I think Pluto would would appreciate a formal apology at that point. Um, it was like losing a sibling. Oh, I guess. I mean, it hit. Sounds like it hit you worse than it hit me. I I, I was able to move on, you know, reasonably soon it, it did hurt but i think it hit me worse than it hit pluto i don't think pluto felt the same but i'm <laughs> i'm upset oh I, I clearly you're still upset I know, uh, and then steve steve Irwin uh also died in 2006 oh, no. wow it's been uh, that long got, dang oh yeah it's it's been that long uh that's insane i remember my introduction to steve Irwin was uh the uh on one of those espn this is sports center commercials where He's 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 wandering around the the campus and um, he's waiting for an elevator and the Florida Gators mascot comes out of the elevator and he does his thing where he's like oh crikey look at this gator this this guy goes up to thirty feet long and he like tackles him and brings him to the ground and I thought that was really really <laughs> funny and then I started recognizing him on like Animal Planet and stuff like that so I made sure to watch him after that but. Yeah, him getting killed uh, was by by a stingray was was shocking. I guess it was, you can't you can't say it was shocking, but it was just disheartening. It was he was beloved a big downer. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I will admit this was, was a lot a lot worse than the Pluto thing. Like this one was <laughs> that, that was a, a sucky loss to lose Steve Irwin. Was that it for for notable events? I think so. Now we can move on to the TV shows that debuted in 2006. Yeah, small little group of stuff I like. I love the IT crowd. Tell me you've seen it. I've seen... It's one of those shows where I've seen clips on YouTube. I ah. haven't actually sat down and watched it. Oh, there's some good stuff in there. It's And what's great about it, because British... Um, a lot yes. of British sitcoms do not overstay their welcome. Almost to a fault where there's only four seasons and six episodes per season. There's only 24 episodes in existence, but it's so good. It's so funny. It's where I first was introduced to Matt Berry and uh, Richard Aode. Oh, and, 
Matt Barry's in that. Okay. Yeah. See, yeah I, I've good. seen the, I can't remember the name of the show, the vampire show. Yeah. Uh, I've seen that. Uh, so, okay. Uh, if he's in that, then I need to see this. Yeah. And you know the gif where like the guy in the business suit just gets up from the business table and walks out yes. the window? That's IT crowd. Matt Barry replaces the guy that killed himself in that, that <laughs> gif. <laughs> nice. Um, so I love, I love that, uh, that show. Uh, and then Death Note, um, the anime, which is one of the very few animes that I've seen and enjoyed. I know we both have opinions about how the last third of that goes, but boy, is it a riveting right up until that. The first 16 episodes are as good as any, like, fiction mm-hmm. that I've seen. Like, honest to God, like, it's that good. Like, it's really good. Um, the back and forth between the protagonist and the antagonist it's just wonderful it's, it's such good writing but yeah after a certain character dies the show takes a big time nosedive uh and yeah. uh Gets yeah weird. but the, that first half of the show is on is as good as anything honest to god watch it if you haven't seen it it's yeah, i was going to say like despite how it wraps up still worthwhile everyone's going to encourage you to watch it re- regardless of how they feel about the ending yeah 30 Rock. I enjoyed 30 Rock. I liked, uh, God, what was that guy's name? The little nervous dude that always jostled his water. Yes. Yes, Kenneth. God damn, I love Kenneth. Yeah, Kenneth. uh, When I think of 30 Rock, I think of Kenneth. 100%. Um, This is more of my girlfriend's show. She loves 30 Rock. She loves Tina Fey. Um, I've only seen an episode here and there. I haven't seen as much of it as I would like. But what I've seen, especially the Tracy Morgan character uh, and some of the ridiculous, mm-hmm. like, I guess some of the, the losery stuff that the Tina Fey character does. Yes. You know, just like, She's so phenomenal. It, it's that. very relatable. So I, I really appreciate that. Uh, so I, I need to watch that show like in full sometime. But I've only seen a few episodes here and there and I, I do like it. But but Yeah. Yeah. Also, also the birthplace of a lot of meme-worthy internet gifts. The Tina yes. Tina Fey self high five and a lot of that stuff. Of course, like, very popular. And then uh, Dexter that year. Now I I like Dexter for a little bit, three or four seasons in. I'm I'm still okay with Dexter. Don't really like how it ended, but I like that as a concept. I never read the book Darkly Dreaming Dexter, but I, I like the actor that played Dexter. And again, the first three or four seasons, I'm on board. But it gets weird after that. I'm a huge fan of Dexter when it was good. Um, Michael C. Hall was the guy. He, he was also in Six Feet Under. Um, I And honestly, Dexter uh, was uh, a big part of what uh, me and my partner Pearl uh, were able to bond about <laughs> during wow. the old courtship days uh, because... Uh, we both loved the show. The first season of Dexter is awesome. It it's is really, 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 really good. The second season ter- kind of turns into it gets a bit MacGyvery. It gets a bit over the top. It gets a bit ridiculous. It's, it's still fun, but it's kind of dumb. Uh, season three is pretty good. That's where Jimmy Smits is the the big villain. Uh, and then season four with John Lithgow as the Trinity Killer is a plus 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 television really good that yeah that whole that whole season is must watch it's some of the best tv i've ever seen uh it's awesome writing the conclusion is it's it's awful but it makes sense and it's it's one of the best endings to any season 
uh, I think ever. It's it's heartbreaking, but it's it's it feels like it's what should have happened. Not that it should have happened, but yeah, I don't know. It fit, it fits what you like. It's it's good. It makes good. sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense to make the. I think once season five started, that's when the show started to fall apart a bit. Um, season six, I can't remember what off the top of my. I remember season five was the motivational speaker was the. Uh, oh the big, yeah, chase the big something. Yeah, and I really enjoyed that because I hate those kind of people. Uh, <laughs> the the, uh, the Joel Osteen types, but. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the season after that is that when they started leaning into the religious stuff and it got really stupid. I fell off somewhere around then, and I don't remember which season it was, but I think some of my favorite moments were the where him and Dokes were trying to outsmart each other. That's season two. Dokes ends up being one of my favorite characters. Just he's just so I don't know. He's just such a asshole, but. Like well, he's doing no his job. Bullshit. Yeah, it's so good. And then yeah, of course it's... the surprise motherfucker. Surprise, surprise motherfucker <laughs> when he finds him out by the <laughs> the docks. Yeah. Ah, so good. Shows like that, you know, when they don't factor an ending in when they start writing it, they always kind of fizzle out in a way you don't want them to. But the ride is good for a bit. I think it's still worth checking out at least a little it's, bit. It, yeah, that's the big frustrating thing about the show is that it was re- when it was good, it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And when it was bad, it was really, really bad. Yeah. And the, the way the show ended was really, really bad. Boy, was it. And that was, oh. And it was just... bad when my mom was mad about it because she just kind of would, ex- <laughs> you know, she she's watched... Yeah, crime dramas her whole life. Like she saw, you know, Hill Street Blues, Columbo, Rockford Files. Like you name it, she's watched all of it. And that was the one where she called and she was like, "Have you seen the the last Dexter's?" <laughs> like, uh, no, I haven't watched that. She's like, "Don't do it. It's just not. Don't <laughs> really, <laughs> really I agree." Okay, okay, mom. Very smart, very wise. So. Yeah, the the way it ends is just infuriating. And then you, we have this internet section, so I wanted to highlight some things that were popular yeah, in two thousand six. I like this section. Yeah, just to give people that crunchy feel of nostalgia. Uh, believe it or not, in two thousand and six, we brought up Facebook a little bit, but MySpace is still on top of the social media empire. It is still the place where you got your friends. That's right. Uh, did you, you had a MySpace? Were you? That's right. Yeah, you damn right I did. Yeah, I had uh, both uh, a regular one and I had a music one for my crappy comedy music. Oh, um, same because because the regular one uh, you could only have one song play, but if you did a band one, you could have four songs right on there. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but I do. Yeah, yeah. And what was your? Let me ask you this: If you had a regular MySpace page, what was your song? That you had play when people showed up. Do you remember oh, that? I have no idea. No idea. That's that's a like, great question. I forgot that was a feature. Was it like Alan Jackson or like? <laughs> no. no, it would have probably been something that I thought would make me look cooler than I was. So I have no. <laughs> but I don't know what that would have been. Do you remember yours? I remember making a tight rotation of mine. Like I would change mine every week. Like ah. sometimes it would be like some Japanese noise punk band like Melt Banana or something really obnoxious like the Boredoms or something like Mr. Bungle or maybe I'd go like Guns N' Roses one week. I, I paid a lot of attention to like what my MySpace song was. Wow. It was really annoying, but that is funny. Well, the most uh well, there are a couple very popular videos of the day. Uh one was 2006 was when the Numa Numa video got really popular, if you remember that. 
You're going to have to describe that to me because I'm going to have to Google it right now and I don't remember what it is. Oh, it's that guy. Okay, yeah. so it's Hanha. Yep. Hanha. 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 So it's that. Okay. That was I, very I'm, popular. I'm, I'm done playing the, the, the voice that that guy used, but that's the general sense of it. And you can yeah. see that video is, uh, I don't know which one you clicked on. Maybe there's multiple, but. 16 years old. I just saw the I just saw the thumbnail and I was like, "Oh, it's that video." Yeah. And then uh the most played video on YouTube at the time and it went in and out of being number 1 for a number of years was the Evolution of Dance video. And I'd be surprised if you hadn't seen it cuz I remember watching it when I was No, it, this is this is the creepy guy that uh can can do all sorts of weird things with his skeleton. I don't know if he, if I remember I don't correctly. Know if he's creepy, but he can dance like. Well, it was weird that like he was dressed like a youth pastor, but he's he can dance. <laughs> he, he like does the, like all of this. Uh, this oh no! I, of I, okay, I got this confused with something else. I had to Google that, and I I thought it was the skeletal guy. No, I don't remember this at all. Oh, uh, it's pretty entertaining. Uh, although it, it looks yeah, like no, this guy this guy can absolutely dance. He's doing every move. Yeah, and this was a video. That looked like it was recorded in 1993 somehow, <laughs> but it, you know it was from 2006. He's doing the lawnmower. Yeah, he's doing the sprinkler. Which, like he's doing everything. He does all the white guy dances, sure. But he, you know, he gets more sophisticated. But it, like he starts like Elvis, like the 50s, and he does like literally the evolution of dance. So like all the popular dances all the way up through. Well, that's cool. 2006. And uh, I learned the other day there is a list of most watched YouTube videos and like when they were unseated. And this one was the most watched video a couple of times. Like it, it was it, it jumped from like first to second, first to second for a little bit, and then eventually it got passed by like music videos. I think Gangnam Style like basically broke <laughs> tons of records that were hard to yeah. break after that. So, um, yeah, Evolution of Dance was the most popular video in 2006. Pretty cool video. Check it out if you haven't seen it. I'd be surprised if you haven't. And uh, I realized, or I looked online and I uh, was like reading about 2006, and apparently the most common way to share pictures via the internet in 2006 was through a Flickr account. And I remember having a Flickr account. I used Photo Bucket. Yeah, some people were buckets. Yeah, some of us were Flickrs. For all my stuff. Yeah. Uh, I did not use Flickr. Uh, but yeah, I remember that being a thing. But Photo Bucket was my thing. And I remember, uh, I think it was when Twitter started taking off. Uh, this was would have been like 2008, 2009. Mm -hmm. And then PhotoBucket was like, oh, hey, by the way, if you want to continue to use our service, you're going to have to start paying us. And I was just like, nope. Yeah, I remember Goodbye. that too. Yeah. Yeah. Flickr's still around. Start for free if you want. Sign up. <laughs> Aren't they owned by like Kodak or something? Is Kodak still a thing? I oh, that's. Can't remember. I don't know. I do not know, but that's gonna. I think that wraps up 2006, man. We did what a fun ride. Not not a bad year altogether. Sure does. It, it not a bad, a great gaming year. For Decent sure. gaming year. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And the comedy movies were. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna probably try to watch Nacho Libre in the next hour. Oh, right on. Please do. All right. Well, I guess that's gonna wrap us up. We've gone a little long here, so let's wrap it up. That's been another Drunk Friend podcast, everyone. Uh, head on over to polymedianetwork.com. We got more shows for you. We mentioned Tales of the Lesser Medium earlier. That's got your uh, Gears of War comedy on there. We got new episodes dropping soon. Be sure to check that out. Laugh, laugh a lot. Uh, Polykill. I mentioned that too. I've been dropping all kinds of names for you. Polykill's good if you like that. Uh, Point Drink Adventure. That's got Pam and Petey on it. Uh, indie Quest. If you want indie games, Uncle Doug's DVD bin. If you like 
movies, and now a new show to line up, Split Up, if you like horror movies. We got that going on as well, and we got Goosebumps, if you like kid-friendly horror novels. We've got everything you could ever want, specifically if you're interested in the things I just mentioned. Uh, you can send an email to the show, drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We'll read it out here eventually. Uh, maybe it'll take six months uh, between Halloween and Easter, but we will get to it. Uh, we have a subreddit. You can check out reddit.com forward slash r slash polymedia and uh, get on there and interact with us. That's uh, that's like the comment section for podcasts. So we'll we'll see you there. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's gonna. I think that's all I got. What do you got? Yeah. Go, go on. Go on the subreddit and ask us questions. Make comments. Make fun of us. Yeah. Say something. Comment. Let your let let us know what you think. If, if you think I'm off base about something, if you think Trav is off base about something let us know let us have let it. Us have give it. us the fire bring hose. it yeah and if you're not interested in doing that or sending an email just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice and that'll help us out big time big time you can find us on social media i'm at trav plays games over there on the twitters and the gosh dang instagrams alex is of course at snestrunk and the track that you hear right now was composed by our friend Coolor and is called Electric Starbounds. You can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo. Man, that went so well it was almost boring. <laughs> Be sure Very to- <laughs> smoothly read, obviously. Be sure to catch us on YouTube and all that other stuff. And thanks for listening. All right, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.